Welcome to the Success is My Religion podcast, the podcast where we study success from the perspective of African Americans and people of color like a religion. I am your host, Michael Taylor, also known as the Success Engineer. I am a life coach and creator of the Work Hard Philosophy for Individual Achievement and the founder of the Work Hard Movement. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to another Welcome to another edition a episode. Let me start that over. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Success is My Religion podcast. I'm your host Michael Taylor, also known as the Success Engineer, and I am here with the co-founder or CEO of Boss Hog Logistics, Vince Dalton. He is a friend, or cousin, actually, and a business partner of Jay Allen, which, you know, he was on the podcast uh, this season uh, talking about financial, financial health um, and fitness. So uh, I just want to introduce Vince. Uh, tell my audience a little bit about you. Uh, thank you, Michael, uh, for having me. I'm on your podcast, man. It's, it's really, truly an honor. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, you know, about me, man, I'm <clears throat> Vince Dalton. I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, you know, I, I attended uh, North Carolina A&T State University. Um, you know, currently living in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's where I operate the majority um, of my business from from uh, the northeast area so you know i operate trucks in pittsburgh pennsylvania as well as buffalo new york and i'm um, looking to uh infiltrate if you will some some other territories um you know with this trucking business but um you know i played some sports um in in college i got you know originally uh, recruited to play football at, you know out of high school uh you know i went to uh a and T with the intentions to play football, and, and well, I went to college with the intentions to play football, and uh, I didn't know at the time that I was going to be learning a whole lot of stuff that I would be using later on in life. You know, uh, you know, being a an accounting major, so um, you know, all of that, all of that, um, all those classes are are now paying off. You know, with me running this business here, so um, you know, that's I mean, you know, it, it, you know, it, me scratching the surface. That's that's really. Uh, you know about it. And so I play basketball and you know we gotta talk sports when we get okay. around. So tell me that what happened, if you don't mind, in college, because I think this is interesting because a lot of students go to college, you know, to play a sport, but then have to pivot or are forced to pivot either by injury or um they get kicked off the team or don't like the coach or whatever. Like, so if you don't mind going into that just a little bit, because, you know, ultimately that kind of um, kind of helped in your future, like just. Um, so is there a story behind why you didn't uh, play yeah. football? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, 
Well, originally, um, <clears throat> I didn't get recruited by North Carolina A&T. I actually transferred to A&T from Lenore Ryan College. Um, so I went there on scholarship to play football. Um, I got there um, my freshman year, and I, I was a red shirt freshman. Um, I was a linebacker. And uh, when I got there, well, I knew they had uh, four senior linebackers, and I knew, you know, my season would be the following season. But um, unfortunately, uh, they were on like a, a four or five year losing streak when I came in. And that season was no different. They was on another losing streak. And uh, the coaches got fired um, right after the season was over. All the, mm. the whole coaching staff got fired. And uh, I mess around. And, you know, just being a football player, being a knucklehead, man, got into a fight on campus. Um, and, and they suspended me. And unfortunately, with the coaches staff being fired, um, there was no one to kind of stand up for me or be in my corner. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, I ended up getting suspended and I had to transfer to A&T. Um, and through the transfer, there's a whole bunch of NCAA regulations when you transfer from one division to another. Um, so I, I was um, a victim of that. So I had to sit out an entire season when I transferred mm -hmm. and I lost a year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. um, so, so pretty much what ended up happening when I got to A&T, um, you know, I started, I started, I wasn't able to have any contact with the football team. So naturally my, the, the, the people I started hanging around were not athletes. They were just, you know, regular students. And I started, you know, doing regular stuff, not, not really doing, being in a film room, not being in a, in the weight room with the team. Now I kept myself in shape, yeah. um, in enough shape to, to walk on, um, when, after my year of ineligibility was over, I still walked on the team. But by that time, man, my 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 passion, my love for the game had kind of mm. had kind of dwindled. You know what I mean? And yeah. and on top of that, man, I didn't really have any any real guidance in my life at the time. So here I am, 18, 19, 20 years old you know, trying to feel my way through the dark and making these decisions on my own, man. And ultimately, you know, with, you know, like I said, my, with my, um, my, the loss of passion and everything that, that had to transpire for me to even get there. By the time I did make the team, it was just kind of like, man, I don't even care. Like, you know, and, and it sucks that it happened that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there was so much other stuff going on. You know, I, I was a very good student. But I wasn't really focused. Um, so, you know, I did, like I said, it was just a lack of guidance. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. that's kind of something that I wish um, there was there was more in abundance, especially in the black community. Just just a male figure to to let you know, look, man, look, you got to stick with it. Um, you know what I mean? Like you got to fight yeah. through it. There's going to be some trials and tribulations. Um, but, you know, if you hang in there, you're going to reap the benefits of your hard work and, Yes. Nobody really was there in my ear to keep me grounded in that way, you know? Mm-hmm. A similar experience uh, as far as not having the guidance and having to learn it on the fly. Yeah. It, that, I mean, that's a tough experience to go through, man. And with my, my passion and stuff is to be that dude that, that I needed when I was 18 years old, when I graduated high school and was going off to college and I didn't know anything and nobody took me under the wing. And uh, another thing with me, like I developed a philosophy for individual achievement so that 
you know, people like that that don't have nobody can be like sit down and kind of map out what they want to do and how they want to do it and still um, with the work hard philosophy and, and not necessarily have somebody that is necessarily holding their hand through the process. Right. Because yes. not and not everybody's gonna have that situation. There there ain't a mentor for everybody, and the mentors right. that we need and that I needed, like <laughs> I don't know about you, but I needed a whole bunch of hand holding. Like yeah. I needed to like I need the, the nuances of the different situations, and I I threw myself into the the whole college experience, like which got me. Um, I don't know what the word is, but like the, I had so much to do outside of my sport that um, I was look, I, I felt like an outsider to my sport and yeah, the team focus. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like I, I played all four years and like I didn't lose my passion at all. But the way they treated me was like, oh, you're not really a part of the team because you're doing all this extra stuff. And I'm like, I'm trying to be a student athlete. I'm in an NAIA school. Like, what What do you expect me to do? I ain't going pro. I play on the right. JV team. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And, yeah, um, yeah that's a that's a powerful experience. So, hey, I'm, it, how how did that shape your, your your outlook on your future after you graduated and, and, and things like that? Well, um, honestly, like looking back on it, um, it kind of gave me this whole, um, this, this like, uh, like I felt like at a, for a long time, I felt like my life was incomplete because mm-hmm. like I said, when, when I came out of high school, man, I mean, I had all the accolades, man, you know, all County, all state. You know what I mean? Like I was, you know, everybody had high hopes, including mm-hmm. myself. And, um, you know, when it all transpired, man, you know, for a long time, man, there was still this um, stigma that I felt that I put on myself that I'm supposed to be a football player. And mm-hmm. it kind of hindered me from moving forward um, sooner in life because, you know, I was still trying to you know, after even after I quit the team, um, you know, I, I I quit, and then about two or three years later, I started um, playing semi-pro football, and um, you know, and I, and I was still trying to carry on this 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 quote-unquote dream or whatever, mm-hmm. even though I had lost the passion at one point, and then I and then I think I started to feel like I let so many people down. I felt like I let myself down. So mm-hmm. here I am trying to get back into the fight. Um, so, you know, it, it what that did was let me know that, um, you know, there, there, are, there are certain things that you just can't give up on. And, you know, uh, that that just it was just a it was just a learning experience um, for just general like just, just being tough minded life in general. Exactly. Um, so it was just one of those things, man, where you just have to kind of take those lumps, um, you know, and and just keep on moving forward and try to and try to learn, find a gym, um, struggle, 
um, to, to kind of just learn a lesson from it. So, you know, and, and like I said, it just kind of, it, it created a, a, a different kind of hunger, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until later on in life when I look back at those types of situations where I kind of did give up on myself or other people, uh, so to speak. And then I, and, and I kind of made a decision like, look, man, like there, at some point you got to find something, you got to stick with it and you got to fight through it. You know, all the ups and the downs when when things are going amazingly great, you know, it's easy to stay in the game. Right. But you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when when everything is going is against you and you against all odds, you know, where is that? Where is that? You know what I mean? Like and, and, and it taught me to dig deep and find that in myself. Man, uh the thing I that I, I tell people all the time, like student athletes are like prepared already to 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 be great because they under, yeah. but we don't make the connection that that what sport gives to us and the advantage they have an advantage over the regular student that's what i tell people they we have an advantage over the regular student because we can we know competition and we know how to practice for the game and we know how to practice and win games and and uh uh rise to the occasion and all these different lessons that we learned throughout the years of playing sports like when you when you can transfer and uh channel those same skills uh yeah the transferable skills into the workplace and understand the different like practice and um, winning and positioning yourself to win and doing all these things like like building a business or starting a business like you got to do paperwork you gotta you gotta understand the business you got to do your research that's that's all practice so yep. if we understand that and transfer the skills that we already have that's already ingrained in us from playing since we was five six years old <laughs> you know what I mean and man we like the student athletes are the best but we get siloed into this we have to be in the league <laughs> in one of the leagues or, yeah. or whatever and and especially black males we we always get put into that category that we just uh a uh, uh, athlete or we just that this or that and i'm like man I, I'm all of that. So every time that I think somebody is, uh, well, not every time, but you can't even classify me. And I heard something this this weekend. I don't. Uh, Wayne Dyer, he's one of the gurus of self help or self improvement. He was like um, a quote that he heard. It said, "Once you label me, you you negate me." So mm. like like so I I always live my life like don't label me just take me how I am and I think a lot of us in society we put labels on people so we so we can identify who that person is and they might not even be just that person because you can't sit here and label a woman that has a uh, a successful career a successful family and, you know, volunteers wherever she likes to volunteer. Like you can't just label her a, <laughs> a, a, a mother, a stay at home mom. 
but she has a successful online business that she she runs. She has employees and, and different things like that. So we, we want to label people so we can put them in a, the rightful place in our own mind. And I, I think society right. needs to get away from that so we can really make these connections, like personal connections with other people so that like we can be happier and we can get to know somebody genuinely because like you know you know at networking events like if if somebody walked up to you and and saw you had like a football stature and they was like oh did you play football that'd be the whole conversation (laughs) you don't know me you don't don't know we talk about my past (laughs) we talk about my past that i that outgrew 10 times over and but you but you but yet and still you still don't you walk away you don't know nothing really about me except for I used to play football. That's all you know about Vince Dalton, right? So, you know, right? And, and you so, got a whole yeah, you, you started a whole business, like you you started a right. whole company. You do everything for this company, and all they left with was you play football. <laughs> and he's a good dude for a little while. <laughs> for a little while, you know what I mean? That, that's crazy to me. Stop stop putting label on me because because those those conversations are real quick. And first impressions yep. are everything. So if my your first impression is the question that you asked me and I answer the question <laughs> and the whole conversation is based around that question, how are we ever going to get to the networking part? Which that's I, kind I of lost, a, a I, huh? I lost from the beginning. I, I lose from the beginning. Like, you, I mean, you feel like me? you said, like, yeah, I lose from the beginning because you already labeled me. You see, you see me like you said, bro, you see me. I look like a football player. You start a football conversation, and then that's all you leave with. You 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 put that you put that in your mind, and you fed it to yourself, and then you came you came to whoever. And and it's like you said, it's not just football. It's any kind of label that you put on somebody. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, you just want to make them fit that that persona that you already made up, that that stereotype that you already then created off of off of appearance. And, you know, and and life is crazy like that, man, because as humans, well, not as humans, but the way that this society has programmed um, a lot of people like that is the way that you approach people. Yeah. And it's really not. And you know what I mean? And it, should, and it definitely, you know, because because young kids, especially younger kids, um, you know, I think about kids that are uh, 10, 11, 12 years old that are becoming very good athletes mm-hmm. and then immediately the coaches they start to paint this picture yeah oh man like you can go do this and then they mama oh baby you can and then they daddy oh they, and then now here they are very impressionable at that at that age mm-hmm. here they now 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 it starts and they, they, they start to think their conditions they are, they, they are mentally conditioned this to is the only that way that's all they can do that's all that's it man it's crazy and it's and it sucks to have to think because I love sports with a mm-hmm. passion, love mm-hmm. it, and I love seeing young athletes go out there and and do and and just get it in. I love it, man. But you know we need to be careful about you know the impression that that we make on them regarding their athletic abilities. We need to yeah. make sure that they understand. Not only are you an athlete, you are a black man or a black woman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have a place in this world to do other things as well. Have you ever thought about that? Like, you, you know, you got a gift, so, you got a gift inside of you and it ain't just sport. Sport can sport. bring that out of us, but 
it's not like our gifts aren't just to play a sport or it might be to be the the person in the the media room that's directing all the cameras and all that stuff for the whole the whole you know what i mean like like there's so many different elements to sports and you don't even have to stay in that thing i mean and and as african-americans black people like we get siloed real quick once they know we talented in a a any given sport or whatever and that's where i was like that's kind of a cultural thing because you uh, you could be at a function and a white dude come up to you and be be like oh you play football and you know and you up here trying to make connections with your business but yep all like I'm just gonna answer your questions because you you asked the question right, right. <laughs> and then they think that you don't have the other stereotype yeah you, the other stereotypes <laughs> come into play like oh yeah. you just an athlete you just a, a jock or whatever but like I know my stuff like I got a master's degree I like <laughs> I'm I'm educated like that's a part of me too and and another thing with that is that um our we got to help condition our athletes to think to understand that it's going to be harder because they are athlete to not not to make it or anything but the work that they put in is is going to be tougher because they have two jobs when they in high school or college or whatever because they got to be a student and then they got to be an athlete most of the the regular students they don't have to be an athlete full time and be mentally and physically drained every single day and still have to make maintain good grades and get good grades and and network and do stuff outside of their sport just to set themselves up for success and and that's yep. that's what I understand with my with my college experience because like I was a student, I was an athlete, I was a I was involved in a four year organization that um, certified nonprofit professionals. I was a, a resident assistant for my 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 junior and senior year. So, like <laughs> for those four years, I was doing everything like sun up to sundown. I had something to do. Like and that like that got ingrained in my mind how to be organized and and do my time management and know where I need to be and my responsibilities and the importance of things and prioritizing things and and different things like that to make me successful and planning things out like I almost had my week whole week planned (laughs) on Sunday because right if I didn't man (laughs) if I didn't know what assignments was coming up or anything like that like my whole week would be shot and then i wouldn't be able to focus 100 percent in in the air then in the arenas that i needed to to focus in so when i went to basketball practice like i had to focus in basketball practice i couldn't be thinking about the assignment that i didn't do or when i need to study or the study group that i was supposed to get with you know what i mean so you had to actually be proactive in the development of yourself because all the coaches is there to do is they just, they just trying to get a paycheck ultimately. 
they they working for their job. I, you got to produce. They got to get you to produce so they can keep their livelihood. To be yeah. to be totally honest. <laughs> yeah. And that was another thing too, Michael. What I what um part of my experience um when I when I did transfer to A and T. Um, and I walked onto the team, man. Another thing that you just touched on, man, that I did realize that it was it was more of a business once you get to the college level than it was about having fun and playing football. Mm-hmm. And that also had an impact on you know my decision to to quit the team because you know it was it wasn't fun anymore. You know, walking on and having to deal with the politics of well, these these players are on scholarships, so you know for now you're gonna be on the practice team just because these guys got a scholarship. You know, even though you know you might be just as good, and that's another thing. But we'll talk we'll we'll, we'll touch on that later. But even though you might be just as good, um, you know they they got a scholarship, so mm-hmm. we got money invested in them. They have to play. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know, even though you just as good, you know we right now we ain't got no space for you. And you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, me going to, to the study halls, me being in the weight room at six o'clock in the morning, me watching film sessions on games that I ain't even playing. Furthermore, even dress out for. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the film room at five o'clock in the morning watching them lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but and you yeah, can't I'm even get the in the game. Squad. You can't even get I can't in the game. Even, I can't even get it, get in the, get in the uniform in some games. You know what I'm saying? Because I was a walk on. So, uh-huh. You know. Yeah, so it was it was really like um and like I said, if I think it had I had somebody there to say to me, Look, man, you're doing all the work, eventually your time gonna come. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of me looking at it like, Man, this is bull crap. Like, you know, I'm wasting my time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could be doing so I could be doing something else. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I had all like I said, I sat out of season, so I, I was doing my own thing already, you know, and then yeah. to get back into this and now it's not going the way that I imagined it to go. Like I said, man, it was it was a combination of of things, man, that kind of led to me, led me to my decision. But I was young, you know, yeah. like I said, I was yeah. a kid, man. Yeah, so, every, every, all them kids is young. Like that. And that's what we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> right we don't understand that process and 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 we got our blinders on because we've been so conditioned by our coaches parents society to like for that one that two percent shot to go to whatever league you're trying to go to <laughs> that that's amazing to me like that that those percentages it's it's a higher percentages of being a doctor a lawyer or whatever <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean that's a two percent shot to to get paid at the highest level. I know you you can do semi pro or I don't know how people get paid, but I know no they don't they don't, they don't pay. Pay. <laughs> they, we usually paying for to to play the sport. That's and, exactly my point. Yep, and like it is it is worth it to be working on something on the side. So if we have 10,000 hour, you, you have you heard of the 10,000 hour rule? Absolutely. Yeah. So for my audience members, that uh, our audience that don't understand about the 10,000 hour rules, they say Malcolm Gladwell in his book, um, the, outlier. the outliers popularized 
the 10,000 hour rule where it says it takes 10,000 hours to be really good at something. That's Malcolm Gladwell's words. So if it takes 10,000 hours to be really good at something and my thing with African-Americans, black people, athletes, we getting our 10,000 hours in as athletes or whatever, but we might as well be working on something else on the side. So where if that doesn't come through, our number one thing, we already got 5,000 in another area. So we can build upon that and it won't take us as long. It's hard work in the beginning. Like I said, I was a student, athlete, organization, resident assistant. So I was I was dipping my hands in everything, you know, on top of studying a specific major, double major and then stuff. So, you know, <laughs> my my testimony is like it's going to be tough. And you might not even see the results when you get graduate. When I graduated with my master's with, with six plus years of experience working like real jobs and experience in organizations and leadership and all of this stuff just to get out during the Great Recession <laughs> and not yeah. being able to find a job. You know what I mean? It's Which crazy. right. Which then you gotta you gotta make moves and and how do you do that? You know, and just that preparation of those extra hours that I was putting in on the side of my sport and different things like that, which another good book is range. I had a lot of different arenas that I was in that gave me a lot of different experiences and dealt with different people that I was able to pivot whichever with and, and take whatever opportunity came my way so that I can make it and get to the next step. And what we're trying to do is get to the next step because you don't necessarily know what exactly you're going to be doing for the rest of your life at 25 years old, you know? Nope. <laughs> so, I mean, to to the listeners out there, if y'all know a young person, man, just encourage them to be active in everything. Don't just don't just sit there and play video games and go to go to go to school because like unfortunately like the white kids got it better than us <laughs> cuz i mean like we can't do the same things you know we can't right. just sit there and and just go to class and come home and and watch netflix for the rest of the day we got to go to work we got to send money back to our our parents and stuff like that we got to we got to do extra stuff on top of it because we come from a disadvantaged background. Most of us, you know what I mean? So like what your friend is doing is not the same thing as what you should be doing. They own their own success journey and yours might be tougher. Every, everybody's circumstances is different. Some people have to work harder than others, but it's still hard work. <laughs> That's what we don't understand. It's all hard work just the amount of work and and what you have to do they still have to work hard no matter what yeah. what background you come from you still have to work hard in your own right if you want anything in life i don't yeah. know man to, to me to me man michael um you know i when um you know you mentioned you know um how some white kids have it a little better um because they have more opportunities to to put hours 
in mm. to other things mm -hmm. to make them successful. See, you know, what happens to that 10, 11, 12 year old black kid we were talking about before is, um, you know, when everybody started filling his head up with him being an athlete, that's where all his time goes. Mm -hmm. You know, he's either playing some kind of sport or he's playing video games and he's yep. not. And, you know, he's he's not putting time into anything else because his parents don't have the resources to put him in anything else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So so not only not only is are the, the resources limited, but now you place this whole idea um, in their mind and pigeonhole them into thinking like this is all they can do. Um, you know, they're believing that because they don't have anything else, you know. So, you know, and, you know, where is the diversity, um, you know, as far as opportunities are concerned, you know, for for young black kids in, in certain communities. Um, like I said, man, they don't have anything else to look forward to besides them playing this sport, man. And, and you know, it's kind of hard because it creates an it creates an, a seemingly never ending cycle mm -hmm. of the same stuff, like the same stuff keeps happening. Yeah, their dad did it. Then then they'll do it. Then their kids will do it. Then their kids after them will do it. And, and it'll be the same cycle. They'll get to a certain point and then, you know, every all everything else will fall through the cracks because they banking uh, the, the whole generation of, on being an athlete. Yeah, <laughs> exactly so, that. Exactly that. Up, man, so, you know, it's, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, you know, I just wish I just I just would like to see, um, you know, there be um, a, a, a more abundance of resources of of to educate, um, you know, young kids in the black community about, um, you know, just 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 like broadening their horizons mm -hmm. and doing other things like some kind of maybe science camps or and, mathematics and camps. Trust me. Hands on stuff, you know, trust me. It's out there. It's out there already. The initiatives are there like the the programs are there. There's so many programs out there that. You are if if your child is not in something, it's it's your fault. Like okay. we we got so many programs, it's it, it, it's unbelievable. It's almost overwhelming. And then what I see, because I'm an educator, I'm in like I I work at a high school. What I see, it's almost the same students that are in all of the programs. <laughs> so they getting that wide range of experiences when. It, it should be everybody trying to get into these programs and everybody should be um, um, just try, like it, it should be a line. It, it should be a wait list on all of these programs. We, we got so many kids that are out there like there should be a, a wait list for every single program that's out there. Like no, no program should not be full. That because we ultimately need those experiences and those experiences are going to enhance what we're going to do later on in life. Cause that little experience of going to uh, the, the, um, the accounting firm or the, the marketing firm can, can plant the seed of into one of the, uh, of one of the kids or whatever. And then they'd be like, wow, I was interested in this and I'm about to take another class and, and, and this and, you know, because we don't ultimately know what we will be doing because obviously you transitioned into uh, like truck driving 
and with your company boss hog logistics obviously like you wouldn't i I don't know you tell me were you planning on being a like a partner in the trucking company absolutely not (laughs) like that wasn't on your radar in college or maybe when did y'all start the the company so I started the company by myself in uh, November of 2018. Oh, okay. um, so I, I originally started. I originally started on my own, um, and then um, so when I started, um, because I had I had in 2006. I, this that's when I actually started actually driving or de- being in the trucking business. Period. Okay. Um, I was working with someone who uh, had a contract with Sears to deliver and install appliances in people's homes. So that's where I started learning how to drive trucks and stuff like that. In 2006. Um, in 2006. But it was one of those things because it was a contracted job. It was one of those things that was, it was almost seasonal. Um, Like in the summer, in the spring and the summertime, business was booming. But then, um, like in the wintertime when it gets cold, mm-hmm. you know, people are not ordering as much and then the volume slows down. And then, you know, sometimes you go in and, you know, your money was kind of up and down. So it was one of those lines of work where whenever I wasn't working a corporate job, you know, mm-hmm. um, if, if something would happen or, you know, you know, whatever was going on with my corporate job, I would always go back to the delivery thing, you know, so, and this was going on for a, a long time, probably about 13 years. I was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, mm-hmm. um, between trucking and corporate America, trucking and corporate America. And my problem with corporate America was I just couldn't, I couldn't stand sitting in an office every day, looking at a computer screen and taking orders from someone who I felt Being like told was what not to as do. intelligent as I was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hate to say it like that, man. Yeah. But that's real. That's real talk, man. Like, I, you know, some of my supervisors and my managers, some of them never even went to college. They mm-hmm. just got tenure, and I'm like, man, you, how are you telling me what I need to be doing? You know, when I could tell you how to do your job better than you do your job, and you know, I hate to come off like that, man. But honestly, man, that was my whole thing. I said, man, I, you know, I, I, you know, so all of that you know, wrapped up in the one led yeah. me to uh, November 2018, <laughs> where, you know, I finally, um, it was actually someone who I used to do deliveries with. He was uh, one of my partners on the truck. Um, he had actually got the, wet, the the warehouse manager job and he called and was like, hey man, you know, I got the job, the warehouse manager job. Um, we need some new contractors in. He was like, you know, are you interested? You know, here I am working the little nine to five at, at a, at a, um, at a, a little, little healthcare company, mm-hmm. uh, corporate healthcare doing billing, basically a collection yeah. agent. You know what I mean? So here I am with all this training, I'm doing collections. So anyway, um, you know, he's, you know, what you think? I'm like, man, I knew how up and down it was. So, you know, my first thought was like, Man, I got some stability right here. I know how much my check gonna be every week. Oh, you I know gotta... what time I know what I know yeah. what time I'm I'm going to work. I know what time I'm coming home. You know what I mean? I got benefits. You know, now you asking me to give all that up for this whole this whole pot of of uncertainty that you're yep. trying to feed me right now. You yep. know what I'm saying? So yep. I'm like, 
Hey, my man, I was like, you know, it sounds good, you know, being a business owner right now, you know, it sounds amazing, but I don't know. He said, I said, let me think about it. So, you know, I gave it about two weeks and I called him back and I said, man, look, I, you know, I'm thinking about making the transition. Um, you know, who, what do I, what's the next step? He got me in contact with uh, the people that, you know, I have to sign up, you know, to be the contractor with. I had to, I had to form my LLC. I had to get, um, uh, um, DOT as Department of Transportation numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to um, uh, file with the IRS to get an EIN number. So once I did all of that, I was at the time, and I'm gonna be honest with you, at the time I didn't understand that I was becoming a business owner. All I realized, all I knew was I'm going to get a contract to do these deliveries like I've been doing before. Mm-hmm. All I was thinking was I'm just going to get another job to make more money. It's just going to be a job. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. that was my mind frame because I didn't really, I didn't fully realize what I had done at that point by starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, But man, um, Sears, uh, who we were contracted under, we were some co- subcontracted under Sears like I said, I started in November 2018. By January 2019, Sears was filing bankruptcy. Right, right. So here I am. I didn't quit my corporate job to do this. My 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 level of certainty. Here I am. You know, I know I could what time I'm going to work. I knew what time my check. I knew how much my checks was going to be. So I I gave all that up to co- to go do this. And then here Sears, two or three months later, they filing bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm. I'm in worse position than I was before, you know? Yeah. Um, so it had got bad, man. It got to the point where um, I, I would go into the warehouse and they wouldn't have no work. And, you know, I would, I would have to send guys home and I would have to go home myself without making no money. And I didn't, I didn't, here I didn't create all these expenses, paying for a truck, mm-hmm. paying for insurance for the truck, um, paying for, for fuel, um, et cetera, et cetera. And now I'm not making no money. And eventually he was just like, man, like, you know, I can't afford to to keep it running if I'm not making no money. So, you know, at that point I had to, I had to, you know, for a moment, I had to drop the whole, the whole trucking company for a moment. And mm-hmm. I'm back on indeed.com looking for jobs. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and it wasn't until I started applying for jobs and I, and I got a job as a, as a delivery driver, driving for a company that was doing over the road deliveries and that over the road is when um, you take a truck across country. You're just going from, from one um, city uh, to, shipper yeah, from one shipper to one receiver in, in any state in America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're making those deliveries for this company. And I, and, and until then I didn't know anything about that side of the business except for the big tractor trailers. You know what I mean? See, I, I'm driving 26 foot box trucks, which are basically like the big U-Haul trucks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing the same thing that these big trucks are doing, just in a you know a smaller small capacity. Level. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's when that's when the whole world opened up right there for me, man. Like at that moment when I started doing those deliveries, I realized, hey, whoa. Like, I, I still own this company. I still have this company. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't have a truck right now. I don't have insurance anymore. But yet, and still, I am a business owner, and I can actually do this for myself. So, 
you know, it didn't take it didn't take but about a month and a half or two months before I realized, like, you know, I put a plan together. I started to basically just kind of watch what they were doing and how they were doing it. And I, I picked up on it real fast. And um, that's what got me, you know, because, like I said, yeah, I started it by myself. Things kind of went downhill. And then that's where Jay came in. Um, you know, I didn't have the money at the time to to get another truck, to get more insurance to get back on the road. So Jay was an investor. Um, so he came in as an investor. You know, I, I shot him my plan about, you know, starting the company back up mm-hmm. as a partnership and running these loads across country. And, you know, he was with, he was like, oh yeah. He said, hey, that sounds like a plan to me. So, you know, he, he put some money in and, um, and that's how it ended up forming into a partnership with me and him. Got you. I had a question in my mind <laughs> just now. Um, if that's powerful right there, because a lot of people don't understand, like the the and and ten thousand hours is approximately ten years of doing work, right? So yeah. you you started in two thousand six. I don't know how how in depth you was was at it, but you started the pro the ten thousand hours in two thousand six when you was like. All right, I'm gonna do this on the side and uh, what all of that stuff, but what what it came out to in in 2018, it was like all of your experiences come together, and now I have a company that I can I can work with because the experiences and the knowledge that I know that from doing the little stuff that's that's my real point from doing that little stuff for other people and on the other side of that the frustration of doing something that you don't want to do and understanding that you don't want to do the corporate america job like force you into building your business and building your pla- or and, and building ultimately your company right yep and that's amazing because it, we don't realize the work that actually has to go into it. Like we want it overnight all the time and success long, longevity has its place. That's what Dr. King said. And longevity has its place in the long-term work that you put into it. And man, you're doing a good thing because I, I picked up a lot of, of drivers that I take them to the, as an Uber driver, take them to their, uh, it's a buy truck. Like I said earlier, buy a truck or take them to their truck or whatever. And they was talking about the business. Like you, you were saying like they have their own business. They tra- travel across the country and they making good monies, yeah. <laughs> very good monies. And you said earlier that you you wanted to start a YouTube channel. Like, talk a little bit more about that. Um, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I have um already started outlining episodes, um, to start a YouTube channel, which would educate um viewers on how to from beginning to end how to start a whole trucking company, um how to how to how to get work um once you start the trucking company 
also going to be episodes talking about all of the uh, regulate regulations from the Department of Transportation that you have mm-hmm. to abide by. Um, it's also going to talk about there's going to be episodes about what equipment you need to have on your vehicle. Um, there's going to be episodes um, uh, talking about, you know, how to uh, what resources that you would use as a business owner um, to find work for 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 all your trucks. Um, you know, just and, and just just a pretty much um, an in-depth series yeah. of about seven or eight videos um, that would explain the entire trucking company from beginning to end. And and basically, you know, if you were to watch these videos, you know, and and take notes, you'll be able to step out and in 30 days, uh, you know, you would be able to have your own trucking company and start running your own business. So. You know, I'm giving that information out on YouTube for free. Um, and then behind that, obviously, you know, I'm going to a book is going to come behind that, which yeah. I've, you know, already started working on. So um, so, you know, the point is, though, uh, is to educate the community about this opportunity that we have um, right in front of us that a lot of people might not be aware of, you know, right. that, that might not have any other options or just might be like I said, just just don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. So, um, and, and you, you got to explore. And yep. and this is and, and what what my main thing is is that we have options out there, and you are self aware, self aware enough to be able to put yourself in positions that you know you you will work best in. That's what I got from what you told me on the whole the whole podcast. Like, you have a high level of self awareness, and that plays a, a a critical part into just knowing your options. I know that I'm not trying to be in a corporate America environment sitting at my computer 100 percent of the day from nine to five. You left your security. Like that's 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 what I that's what I had a question on earlier. Like go into that mindset of leaving the the security of a nine to five and uh, going with the the not secure at all. Uncertainty. Yeah, Yeah, the uncertainty. Yeah. What that's because that's crazy because I had I had a similar experience when I. I was working in higher education for three and a half years and they started doing some things that are not doing some things, but they started downsizing and stuff. And I was like, man, I, I really got to make a change because like, I can't just stay here and make the same amount of money. I, even though I'm good at it and like, I got to make a change. I got to just say like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a pivot. Like I'm, I'm a pivot to another direction. Like I had an opportunity to make money, just hustling and i was like i could take that opportunity of hustling because i'm not putting in no mental work and i don't have to be um uh told any anything to do like <laughs> directed for uh lack of better terms like i like nobody was telling me what to do all the time and i i had that uh anonymity uh I, one of them words, but <laughs> I, I I had freedom to just do what I needed to do and study yeah. what I needed to do on the side and not have that uh, that 
that corporate side to to deal with. And right. I transitioned like out of that that nine to five job and went to straight Uber driving and group fitness, teaching a whole bunch of group fitness classes. And I was like, this is what I got to do to get to the next step that pushed me to the next step until I find something that I really would actually like to do. And that paid me decent amount of money that I was like, all right, I'm willing to put in my time because it gives me, it gives me uh, experience and uh, money with, along with security also because like I needed it, <laughs> but that that's what I did for three years, three and a half years before, like three and a half years of Uber driving and teaching group fitness classes. Like I was just hustling every single day. Like I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning, uh, taking people to, to the airport every morning, trying to make my little hundred dollars a day so that I can, <laughs> so I can keep my apartment and, and do all these different things. And I was like, this is what I had to do for three and a half years. And I got a master's degree. I got experience, all of this stuff, but nothing wasn't coming through that I wanted. And I wasn't just going to work a, a, a mediocre job. I always have to be doing something that is going to benefit somebody else. And um, like, I'm okay doing it. You know what I mean? So like yeah. working in education, like it's going to benefit somebody else. I know I'm needed in the education field, like, but Shoot, I was like, man, I got to take a break because I need to get back <laughs> to myself <laughs> and figure out what I really want to do. And I'm a, I'm right there with you. Like, I have, like, I, I've been wanting to start a YouTube channel. I, I don't know the direction, but, like, that's why I started the podcast, just because I, I want to talk about everything. But, um, like, I, I, I got plans to write a book. I'm about to produce my my about to publish my first online training course for organization and time management for students and and busy parents with students you know so like it's it's a process <laughs> it is it is very much a process and i think man what you're doing is is great and uh, you'll probably end up being a consultant that's down the line right <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That's in the plans. Um, you know, I would love to be able to um, be a sort of a one-stop shop for someone who um, is not the researcher, um, more of a, a of an investor, and say, "Hey, you know, I got some money right here. I want to invest this money in something. You know, I want to start a trucking company using your method." And you know, they can just you know be a one-stop shop um, where I set up the entire company for them, and uh, you know. Uh, you know, kind of show them how to, to get, you know, uh, trucks on the road and whatever direction they want to take it in, just be that resource um, for, for people. Yeah, definitely, definitely is uh, the ultimate goal. Yep. And Boss Hog, Boss Hog Industries is probably, <laughs> where where did the name come from? Oh, man, I used to be, I was a professional wrestler for about five years. Um, so that was my <laughs> ring name. Yeah, so my ring name was Boss Hall. So, uh, yeah, I just spin. I just took a little spin off of that, you know, and just you know, Boss Hall Logistics. <laughs> and uh, it was actually an old school wrestler um, uh -huh. that used to wrestle on WCW. Um, he's from Charlotte, North Carolina. 
and he used to be at a lot of our local events. And uh, one day he was talking to us, man, and he said, um, you know, he said, don't he said, don't bank on wrestling. He was like, make wrestling work for you. He was like, you know, he was talking about some of the older wrestlers, how they're just kind of bitter and miserable at wrestling because they didn't get what they thought they were going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he started talking about some of the other uh, wrestlers who, you know, used their. Um, reputation to kind of start a business like a car dealership or a cleaning business or something like that. He was like, you know, make wrestling do something for you. So, you know, I, I took his advice, man. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't intentional, but mm-hmm. you know, when the opportunity presented itself, his words were definitely prominent in in my mind. You know, when you know when it was coming time uh, for me to start that LLC to get that contract at the beginning. You know, I was like, well, what am I calling? And I said, hey, you know, use use my wrestling name, you know, and I came up with a couple ideas and Boss Hall Logistics ended up being being the one. That man, that's dope. But how how like you was a kid when when uh Boss Hog was around when he said that? No, 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 no. I, my my ring name was Boss Hog. Now the the old school wrestler. No, this is when I was wrestling. Oh, he okay. would he would just be he would just be at our shows every now and then. and uh like i said one day man he was just talking to all of all of the guys oh, you know, and, you know sometimes I got you. before an event we'll be sitting around just kicking it whatever you know and uh you know he was you know and everybody kind of kind of gravitated towards him because he had just he had been in the game for a long time he had been on tv back in the day and all of that stuff so everybody would just kind of listen to his stories and all of that stuff so like i said one day man he was just dropping dropping diamonds you know what You're i mean right. so and uh that was that day for me man you know like i said that those, those words he he gave us that day man like will never ever ever they'll be engraved in my mind forever and that's something that we all we don't understand either is that a lot of us don't understand is that like you don't know where you're gonna get your inspiration from so we i i never write anybody's anybody's experience or words of wisdom off and i learn from everybody i don't care what color you are what background you come from like you not not the worst person in the world but like if you have some type of success in some area of your life i can i can block off whatever the the bad stuff is i can just take that one thing that oh this is this is kind of the mindset of of you know Mark Cuban. So I'm a, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna take that that mindset that that little thing. I may not like anything about his whole lifestyle, but that little thing, that little nugget of information, I can I can use that to my event or to help me get to the next level or to help me grow. And and that's what life is all about is is about growth. And success, success is in the eye of the beholder. And I was talking to somebody and, and I was, they were saying like, people are like this and people want this and the money and this and that. But I was like, success is in the eye of the beholder. So whatever you want, go get it. (laughs) Like, it, it don't matter about all the other people. Like, they not living your life. And life is short most of the time. 
So we got to make that decision on 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 what nuggets of information that we. Uh, you said a diamond. <laughs> that was. Yeah. He said a diamond, and and yes, sir. And do you feed yourself information like that on a consistent basis? Oh, absolutely. Man. So what do I you am, what do you do to oh, man, to stay I'm in that religious, mode? I, well, first of all, I am a religious listener of. Uh, Secret to Success podcast, Eric Thomas and mm-hmm. uh, CJ Carl and Jamal King. So um, that's that's where um, a lot of my inspiration and my drive, uh, you know, comes from, and it's and also just wisdom of 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 leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get a lot of that from those guys, but I also. Um, I listen to I listen to and read a plethora of books, man. So uh, you mentioned Malcolm Gladwell and the Outliers. Um, I, I've, re- I've read about six of his books. Um, yeah. you know, I've read uh, Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, that, that a lot of my uh, inspiration and and just my motivation as well as um, leadership characteristics. Uh, comes from um, a lot of a lot of the influences that I kind of surround myself with, whether it be books or uh, like podcasts and things like that. And mm-hmm. also Jay, man, Jay is really uh, a, a huge culprit in in me transforming my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the one that introduced me to Eric Thomas and the Secret to Success and that whole um, idea. A different way of thinking man yeah. so so you know he he is definitely I, I owe him a lot of credit for for turning me on to, to that type of stuff um that really started and this was way before the whole trucking thing even yeah um, got off the ground before it was even an idea he had already started introducing that stuff to me which had started the turning point mm-hmm. um of me uh you know even thinking about taking another step like you know what i mean or taking that taking that move man because i'm gonna tell you like i said i didn't want to leave that security you know I, I hated it i hated corporate america i didn't like it but it was i knew i knew uh, you know what i mean i could bank on it you mm-hmm. know what i mean so um but you know with with a lot of that information that i had already had at that time you was you know, ready that, you was ready i was to ready that, i didn't that know time. it either you didn't know and that's it, crazy. Right. That's you know what I mean. Like that's crazy. You don't know. You, you know what I'm saying. I was feeding myself this stuff, um, but I didn't. I didn't really realize that you know ultimately it was gonna push me. Like it was gonna be that 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 one little thing that was gonna push me over the edge to 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 Make take that, that risk. That, yeah, yep. yeah. Take that risk, man. I tell you, man. Cause I'm gonna tell you today. That I had I had been in contact with the people about getting the contract and I was I had put them on ice. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I didn't I was not a hundred percent sure that I was gonna do it. I had sent in all the paperwork. All they needed me to do was tell them when I wanted to start. And they said, Oh, we need a start date. We need a start date. Kept on emailing me. We need a start date. And I was like, man, I just kept hesitating, yeah. hesitating. I didn't want to make the jump, man. And then one day. My supervisor uh, emailed me. Uh, she had listened to one of my calls, and she had she had knocked some points off. You know, they do the little scores when they're coaching you and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had knocked some points off on some mess that I could have easily 
went over to her and and argued it down and and proved my point and blah 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 blah. But you know what, man? I said <laughs> I sat back in my chair, man. I sat back in my chair, looked at my computer screen, and she sent the email. I didn't even respond to the email, Michael. I I composed a completely new email, and I said, as of this, as of today, whatever date that is. I'm officially announcing my two-week notice. I'm resigning from my position. And that was the point when I was like, you know what? I can't take I, I can't do this no more. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't like it. I'm going ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the jump. And that's what really was like, you know, that was the last straw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> I can't take it. Hey, <laughs> he said, I can't take it no more. I can't. <laughs> Hey, she pushed you over the head. Like, you taking some points off of my phone call? Yeah, man. You know, so it's already hard enough as it is. And, man, when I sent it, I, I didn't even proofread it, my man. Like, <laughs> I, I wrote it. I said, seeing, like, hit enter. Boom. Like, I was out. Like, it, it, as soon as I, I knew when she got the message because she stood up. Because <laughs> we was like little, little cubicles, oh, right? Cubicles. So, <laughs> so she stood up. And I kind of like looked up and I was like, uh, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> and then like it was that was it. And then, you know, it started this whole, it was like two weeks of exit interviews. I had like five exit interviews. They're like, oh man, why are you leaving? Like, you know, yeah. I was like, you know, I got other opportunities. You know, I didn't want to kind of tell them what I was doing, but yeah. you know, I just let them know I had other opportunities and whatnot. So, you know. But yeah, that was it though, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I feel you all all the way on that. That's crazy. Hey, that was that was the perfect story. I was <laughs> that that's crazy. Everybody has that stuff that that stuff that's gonna push you out. Like yeah. with me and the university that I worked at, it was they were making changes and um um at all of my jobs actually um. At the elementary school, if I, I wouldn't have never left unless the school the school actually shut down, so I I was forced to leave. You know, then the next the next three and a half years I was at uh, the university, but I was like, man, I done put in all this work, and they are downsizing, and I got to put in even more work to get this paycheck, and I got to do. I was like, man, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't do it because my heart wasn't in it. Just like when you was when you uh, uh, went back out for the football team, like my heart wasn't in it. And w when yeah. my heart ain't in it, like I can't do my best work, and and that's my reputation on the line because I I put in my work. Like yeah. <laughs> I may not I may not look it or whatever, but like I put in my work. I do what I'm supposed to do, and I do uh, uh, more than enough consistently that every job that I'm at, they come to me for um, as the reliable person. They'd be like, all right, we're going we're gonna to ask Mike to do this. You know, that you ask the busiest person to do something, they usually going to get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's dope, man. So um, to end this podcast, why don't you give my listeners, your listeners, future listeners, and YouTube watchers, a nugget of a diamond of information to help on their success journey. Oh man, um, 
I mean, if I mean, honestly, we have been talking about this, and and I and this was, you know, I said at the beginning, I, I already had one in mind, um, because of my journey, and um, you know, and I'm talking from from sports all the way to now, you know, where I am now, man, and um, you know, and I got this from Eric Thomas, but um, basically, man, don't don't cry to quit, cry to keep going. And and really what that and and for me, when I think about, you know, my days playing football when, you know, I didn't know which way to go and I ultimately quit. And, you know, my days when, you know, working in corporate America jobs and I really didn't like being there, but I knew I had to pay the bills and I and I got, you know, I got people that depend on me. And, you know, when when I did finally decide to to take that leap of faith and start um, my trucking company at first and then Sears filed bankruptcy, you know, there was a lot of times, you know, when, you know, and and that let, so those times uh, quitting football team, um, staying in corporate America, you know, sticking through it, through all all the bull crap that was going on. And then when when, you know, I started my company and and Sears filed bankruptcy, like that was a moment of truth for me. You know what I mean? Because there were nights mm-hmm. and I'm not even going front. There were nights where I just put my head down and I just bawled, man, because like, you know, I gave up everything, all my security to start this. And, you know, now I feel like a failure again. Like it was that same feeling of letting people down and letting myself down that I had when I quit football. But, you know, there was a there at that time. I was like, man, like this can't be it. Like I came way too far right now for this to be the end of the story. And, you know, like, and, and, you know, just, I just don't cry to quit. You crying right now because there's some pain and some tribulations that you're going through, but let those tears be a force to keep you running, like to be fuel for you to keep going and keep pressing harder for what you want. And, and for and for what and for what you know that you're capable of doing and being so you know those i mean those words where eric thomas said those said those things i had already gone through that but he put it into he put it into words for me you know what mm-hmm. i mean at the time i couldn't have said it any better than the way he put it but you know that's that that pain and that that fire you know usher said let it burn like you know what i'm saying like that's what that means, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let it burn, man. Let that be fuel. Let that be fire in, in your coal. And, you know, let that be coal, um, you know, for, for the steamship to keep running, man. So, you know, to everybody out there, man, just once again, just don't cry to quit, man. Cry to keep going. Powerful, powerful statement right there. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. I And, man, uh, be ready. It's probably what's your YouTube channel gonna be called? Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be called Don't Sleep on This Truck. Don't um, sleep on this so truck. So yeah, don't sleep on this truck. Yep, that's gonna be the name of the YouTube channel. Um, from Boss Hall Logistics or from Boss Hall. Um, but yeah, don't sleep on this truck. That's dope, man. I need I need to start doing my my videos, man. I'm about to get a motorcycle, so um, you're going to see me on my, my Riker Rally edition here pretty soon. 
<laughs> like I'm gonna be doing videos. Like my channel is gonna be, it's gonna be everything, man. I I can't like I'm not just one one thing. So, and and the work hard movement is not just about just doing one thing really well for me. Like I have to be. I have, we have to play in all these different arenas and, and we got to win in all of these different arenas and we got to overcome in all of these different arenas. So man, when, when we got to do something <clears throat> and it's going towards our business, our success, our, our future, we got to just put ourselves out there and do it. And I'm talking to myself mostly when I say this, but we just got to do it. And, and, we'll figure it out just like you figured out how you how to start your business and you was kind of forced into it but you took the necessary steps so now you're seeing the success and and now you can build upon the little things and that's what we all need to come to is that man when there's down times like we got to keep pushing like nike didn't start off being nike on jordan you know what i'm saying or LeBron or whatever, they started in in a garage. They had to go through tough times. Elon Musk had to go through tough times. He had to get he he put up all of his money, all of his wealth into the companies that he built just to keep them afloat. And now look what they're doing. You see what I'm saying? Like just don't, don't cry to quit, cry to keep going. And I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Um, for coming on this podcast it, it was a pleasure we will stay in touch and and i'll talk to you later all right michael man i appreciate you having me thank you and uh you know uh you know hopefully uh you'll be able to tune in to the to the youtube channel it should be up and running uh very soon i say within within a matter of weeks and uh you know i look forward to uh you know look you know checking out some of your content as well man so thank you again yeah, I appreciate it. We're going to connect. We're going to connect. All right. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good weekend, man. You too. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Success is My Religion podcast. Go ahead and hit that five stars and leave me a review. And be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at Work Hard Movement.